From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged. Uh, <laughs> Roundtable discussion. <laughs> Roundtable discussion. Wednesday, September 30th. September, is it going to be September 30th? Yep. yep. I still don't know what day it is. Uh, from Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Miss Kathy Whirling, Mr. Walter Eccles, and uh, Max the intern was dispatched to get lunch. <laughs> I love having an intern. <laughs> it's so much fun. Go get me things. Um, Okay, in this week's show, we'll discuss this year's Food and Wine Festival at Epcot, including an interview that our special correspondent, Dave Parfit, uh, did with Dan Cockrell, who is the VP of Epcot. He'll be discussing uh, what's going on at this year's festival. Uh, And Kevin Close has a re-review of Benihana's over at the Hilton in downtown Disney. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everybody. Um... I'm less jet-lagged than I was last week. Couldn't tell from that intro. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I know, really. Um, but uh, just a couple things I have in housekeeping this week. Number one, just want to mention the blog to anybody who doesn't know about it, disunplugged.com. Excuse me, the Gold Magellan Award-winning blog. Um, you should have music for that. There really, there should be some kind of music. I'm, the heart music would be good. I can't wait to get the award. I can't wait to get, like, actually get the statue. Do I have and to it. present it to you like the Tonys? Yes. You have to sing like Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> we'll have a little ceremony after I dress up. Okay, Teresa. <laughs> you do that. You dress up. Do y'all not have enough to do? I'll dress up like Kanye and destroy oh. the whole thing. There's one of the things we're going to dress up your cats <laughs> and bring them. No. <laughs> Though they do need former well, they don't have any. Look, it's their purrs a lot. <laughs> King Klaus. And um, I also wanted to, uh, we haven't talked about the podcast crews uh, in a while. Um, nearly 700 people Whoa. joining us right as of right now. So this is going to be one big party on that ship. There is still 701. space. 701. 701, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, there is still plenty of Stow space, away. right? Yep, plenty of space. And uh, still booking. Price is still good, right? Correct. Okay, so... If you're interested in joining us, <laughs> he says something and then looks at the and goes, "Right." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure. Uh, next December 12th, for a four night cruise on board the Disney Wonder, uh, we're going to be planning a lot of events and parties and all sorts of things. So you'll definitely want to join us. You know, intimate gatherings with intimate with 700 people. 2012. Is the, that what he just said? No, no, no. December 12th. <laughs> oh, 20, 2011. Okay. No, 2010. 2010. Okay. Oh, Lord, woman. You know she's still dressing up her cats in her head. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened too last many, when you were gone. numbers. This is what happened when you were gone, and then I was accused of making fun of her. Because she did things like, we went and rode that, that No, she goes in Edith Bunker mode. Yes, that she is what she bunker. is. She goes in Edith Bunker mode. <laughs> No, I don't think so. And then she gets emailed, don't let them pick on you, Teresa. 
She is making voodoo dolls of all of us on Facebook. That was though. just you. Oh, God, crap. <laughs> the longer she works for us, the more she's turning into the female Bob. <laughs> I have a feeling it has something to do with that seat. Maybe. It might be. Come here, Kathy. You want to sit in this chair? <laughs> okay. Um, anybody else have anything for housekeeping? We received a very nice package from Bex and Gav. Yep. Apparently they were here. and They were here for dinner on uh, Saturday night. We saw them on Friday. Sunday night, I'm sorry. Sunday. Yeah, we saw them at the Food and Wine Festival. Got to meet their friends. Thank you, guys. Thanks for thinking of us. We were going to try and meet them, but we didn't. And they got to meet Ferris, and he smiled so big at Bex. I think kind of made her day. (laughs) He must have been smiling the day Kelvin said he was real smiling. He was really. He said he smiled at me. I said, Kelvin, he smiles at everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a happy baby. You know, he. Kelvin is, you know, his hair and everything. He's probably a little funny his looking hair. to Ferris. His <laughs> <laughs> fro. Yeah, everybody's going to wonder where, where Ferris is. They left the baby home alone. Yes, he's <laughs> watching the dogs. <laughs> Look no. at this straight. Bex is the girl? Um, yes, Becky. Yeah. Okay, Becky and Gavin, you know. Bex okay. is the girl. Sometimes I get people mixed up. Okay, he's Stop having talking. a Teresa moment. Yeah, right. Right. When I'm you're so in the never. hole, stop digging. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we'll thinking. just say, I know because Ferris wasn't here last week, and he's not here this week, and I don't want anybody complaining that he's not here. Um, <laughs> he's with his nanny today. Um, he oh, was Julie, babysat last week. But I already told him on the boards that he was with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes it a lot easier well, for us nanny. and for him. If he's not here, we can focus on the show. We're not worried about you know if he's right. okay or if he needs to eat or be changed. And sitting in our laps or in his car seat for four hours is really not it's his idea him, of a yeah. good time. <laughs> That's tough for him. Yeah. So now Corey can sit in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> All right. Anything else for housekeeping? I have something to say. Okay. Um, Saturday morning, I went over to the Dole Whip meet the, over at the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. Met with some Katie's and some Christie's and <laughs> Shelly was there and... Um, Got to remember everybody. They'll be tink, upset. I say Tink Butt. I wish for Disney. I think that's Liz, yes, right? Yes, um, Gosh, there was somebody there named Christy, and there was a Connie, and we were all standing around sweating a lot, but it was fun. We had mm, a good time. That sounds attractive. It was a lot, <laughs> was a lot of fun. Really? Well, I'm sorry first, I missed it. Is that your first dole? It was my first one, yeah. And um, as I was shov- shoveling it into my face, I think, dang, this is good. Shelly takes a picture of me and puts it on Facebook. <laughs> so, thank you, Shelly. Good time. That was fun. The sweating part? The sweating part. <laughs> sweaty, no, meeting the, everybody. The sweaty women of the Diz? Meeting everybody and talking. And, <laughs> it could be a calendar. It could be a calendar. <laughs> oh, sweaty Diz women. <laughs> I, could be, I could definitely be a month. You should have seen me sweating at Epcot. Wow. <laughs> Julie could be July. <laughs> okay, I'll be October. I like October. Okay, that's all, all right. I have to say. Thank you. Anything else? I do. We have to apologize to people. We told everybody we were going to be go to the Crab Fest at uh, Fulton's Crab House on Friday night, and we didn't make it. Oh, and yeah, I, we're so looking forward to that. We were. John wasn't feeling great, but we're sorry if we sent anybody, or we told everybody we would meet them there, and we apologize for not making it. Maybe Crab Fest 2010. Maybe. Crabapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> all right, anything else for housekeeping? Going once, going twice. All right. First story in the news this week. The Grand, Fa- uh, Grand Californian Hotel expansion is finally complete. They've added 203 hotel rooms and 50 timeshare villas. These are the first timeshare rooms, uh, Disney Vacation Club timeshare rooms on the West Coast. 
and they had a special grand opening ceremony showcasing the units last week. The first guest checked in at 3.17 a.m. on September 23rd. It was Rick and Susan Weaver of Springfield, Oregon. They were already staying at the Grand California and thought it would be fun to be the official first guests. <laughs> so the uh, big expansion, big expansion for Disney Vacation Club. Uh, we've been watching these things go up for a couple of years now. They've been building this and uh, blocked, a, blocked a really nice view from a lot of rooms. Uh, looking at Paradise Pier, but uh, those rooms, you know, those DVC units should have some pretty decent, some pretty decent views. I know a lot of people are excited about it. Um, the two, uh, they have two twenty-two hundred square feet grand villas that sleep twelve and rent for upwards of twenty-eight hundred dollars a night. That's bigger than our house, right? It's bigger than our <laughs> house for sure. Twenty-two hundred square feet. Those are nice size. That's how many the size points, of our house. Wonder how many points or uh, how many points they go for. But uh, one of the highlights, apparently, of the Grand Villas is a two-story window with views into the park. Uh-huh. And uh, guests will have views of the upcoming World of Color show, and speakers piping the music from it into the uh, into the room, along with the narration. So, wow! Oh, the battle for Pooh is over. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, as in le- Winnie? Who won Pooh? Yes, the legal battle over Winnie the Pooh appears to be over as a U.S. District Court judge in Los Angeles has dismissed the remaining claims against the Walt Disney Company on Monday, according to a report in Reuters. Uh, Stephen Schlesinger Incorporated does have one final claim against Disney pending before U.S. patent regulators. The battle between Schlesinger and Disney has been ongoing since 1991 when Schlesinger discovered multiple breaches in its deal with Disney over royalties for the Winnie the Pooh characters. The firm's namesake, Stephen Schlesinger, entered into a license agreement with A.A. Milne, who wrote the original Winnie the Pooh books in 1931. Schlesinger then entered into the agreement with Disney in 1961, and that agreement called for regular royalties. The case was thrown out after 13 years because of controversy surrounding the use of documents found in Disney's trash bins discovered by an investigator for Schlesinger's original attorney. Schlesinger agreed it would make no use of any document found in Disney's trash and went so far as to obtain a new set of lawyers who had not seen the documents but to no avail. The suit was thrown out because of it. So we had talked about that. It's been a couple of years, I think, about how they had actually gone through Disney's trash and found all these these documents, but they weren't legally obtained, so um, that ended up killing the case. So I don't think we'll be hearing any more about the battle for Pooh. So, did anybody doubt Disney was going to win that? I don't know if I cared. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think I lost interest in that story. You can give a Pooh less. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, um, Disney has announced what they're going to be replacing the birthday tickets with. Give a day, get a Disney day. Um, This will be for the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. Uh, Through this program, Disney is setting a goal to get one million people to volunteer one day of community service with select charities. And in turn, those people will be eligible to get a a free one-day, one-park ticket. Uh, This is slated to launch on January 1st, 2010 and does replace the get a ticket on your birthday program. 
uh, that's going to run through December 31st. And uh, January 1st, this launches, and the program will run until all tickets are accounted for or until December 15th, 2010, whichever comes first. It's interesting, though, is they, they're saying they're extending the What Will You Celebrate promotion. Maybe so just I, the button. Yeah, probably just the get the button. <laughs> they try to give out so many of those buttons in a, in a day. <laughs> have so many left over. Yeah. What, what should we do with these? Let's extend it another year. You know, honestly, I, 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 I've got to say this is a great idea. Oh, yeah. This is a great idea. You know, there's a lot of people, though, on the Diz that think it's a bad idea because they would never volunteer. And, I mean, no. really, I think volunteering, everybody should do it. Well, that's the whole idea behind this yeah. is to give yeah. you an incentive to Anybody volunteer. Anybody who thinks, you know, giving an incentive to volunteer is a bad thing, um, I think really maybe needs to take a look at themselves. So that's right. kind of messed up. Um, Disney's under no obligation to give out free tickets. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a promotion they did last year for birthdays, and I think deciding to do something like this is a far more socially responsible, and B, it's just a good idea. The good thing about this is that a whole family can go yeah. volunteer and they can all get into right. the park mm-hmm. together right. rather than, you know, the dad gets his birthday and, the, you know. Right. And I think that's a great family event to go it and is, yeah. feed the homeless or um, read to people in a nursing home, do, you know, something S- like that. Spend a day volunteering over at Give Kids the World. They could yeah. use the help. I'm anxious to see what the list of uh, places you can go volunteer right. at, you know. Yeah, as soon as we find out, we'll definitely make sure we, uh, we I signed push up. That. I signed up for the email alert oh, I did when too. it comes yeah. out. Did you and you check off um, what All you were interested in? Yeah, what, what kind of volunteer you're interested what, in? What kind of options? Um, elderly, um, homeless, uh, children. What else was there? There was like eight. Like it was like eight. Yeah. Elderly, homeless, children, um, community. You're watching Stella doesn't count. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Stella can go do it too. And I also thought it was nice that if you didn't want to use your ticket because you you weren't coming, that you could donate it back yeah, to a can. charity. Nice. Or you can use it towards your next year's annual pass too. Mm-hmm. Julie, now when we have friends that come in town and ask us if we can get them tickets, we just tell them to go volunteer. Yeah, really? Yeah, go volunteer. Yeah, get your really. own ticket. <laughs> get your own ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think Disney. But it's a program where no matter where you are, like they'll pick certain charities in every state, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. Okay. Well, they ask for your zip code okay. when you sign up. And I'm sure there's nationwide charities. That yeah. And it's Canada, Puerto Rico, and the United States, correct? I think that's the only three places. Okay. Can you do it more than once? No. Um, Good question. Eight times per family. I remember reading that. Wasn't that what it was, Kathy, I think? Eight times per family or eight family members eight max? Eight family members max is what it was. So. And there's a lot of places that didn't have activities that you could volunteer for yet, but by January, those were all supposed to be filled in. Yeah. They're supposed to email us with... I'm anxious. I can't wait till January mm-hmm. to get my email to see what my list of choices are. Hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that will do it for the news this week. Let's move on to the weather. Actually, uh, it's supposed to uh, be cooling off a little bit here in the next... Uh, few days um, looking at the weather here it's not uh, looking like it's going to cool off uh, we're looking at highs in the upper 80s through next week uh, lows uh, the majority of nights uh, over the next 10 days the lows are going to be in the uh, low to mid 70s we do have a couple of days this week uh, that are going to drop down into the mid 60s but uh, if that's the cold snap i know, will be cold if i well, have to go outside i will be cold if 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 the if, if if the humidity breaks, 
that would be those would be very comfortable temperatures. That's what's supposed to happen, according to whatever newsman I was watching. Yeah, one of them the morning this morning said, "Throw the windows open and enjoy the cooler weather." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, not quite yet. Not yeah, yet. I'm not there. We're yet. not quite there yet." <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's better than 90s. It's absolutely yeah, starting to move in the right direction. I think we're seeing the, the the beginning of the end of summer. Finally, bring out the leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we are going to move on to rapid fire. Who would like to go first? I will. Oh, there was a, a pause there. Usually there's somebody jumping really? right on the mic. I was waiting. We must all have really good rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, really, you all came so well prepared. Walter's like all like right up to his microphone here. <laughs> you, want to, you want to start, Walter? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Okay. I'll let Walter start. Go ahead, Walter. Sorry, Teresa. Take my turn. <clears throat> a question, everybody. What would it cost if you went around... Food and wine, and bought one of everything that was for sale at the kiosk. The same price as the table for the sen- or the party one, for the one senses. of each thing. Three hundred and fifty dollars. Nope. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Who any, else? Any other get? No. Did you read it, Teresa, or no? You told me on the phone. Can Four, I raise one? No. <laughs> okay. Four hundred and seventy-five dollars. Nope. Nope. One hundred and thirty. Nope. Oh, oh, come that's on. Now. What do you think? You could spend that before you get to France. Kathy, what do you think? Oh, you said one, one of everything? Of everything. Oh, one, all right. That includes the drinks. I'm thinking one thing $1, from every. Oh, one of everything. Oh. One of everything from the kiosk. Whatever they sell, if you got one of everything. How much? Food water? and wine. $1,200. Whoa. It would be $889.30. For one person to get one of and everything. And this is from the Orlando Sentinel? From the Orlando Sentinel, yes. Okay, first of all, I don't think their people have enough to do. <laughs> okay, let's start there. Number two... Um, I don't understand why they would price it out like that. I would rather see them price out what the average person would spend yeah. going around buying just one item, maybe one item and one drink. I was thinking buy one thing from every stand. No, no they're buying one a, of everything. Yeah, who, go, no, who does that? Just you like would be passed out by the time you got to yeah. you know, even Norway. Well, they said you'd be fat, happy, and pickled by the end of this it. This is just so. like freakish trivia. That Yeah. Well, I, I was curious to see how much it would cost. You know, if you bought one of everything, but it would be more make more sense to know what the average person like every spends. Every stand has a bottle of water. And would the know? company pay uh, for it if we did that? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> no, your, <laughs> it wouldn't. That's your only question, isn't it, Teresa? <laughs> I wonder yeah. who wrote that. Whose byline really? is that from? Like the bulimic writer, Orlando <laughs> <laughs> Sentinel, the theme park rangers. I thought they binge and purged their way around. Hmm. It, it did include two bottles of water. Yes, only two. Because there's a bottle of water at every stand. Yeah, basically. so that's not correct. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. Really didn't buy. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Should play I think it's a crazy, uh, crazy thing to speculate. Because no one will do that, and if they do, they have many, many, many problems on them, many, many levels. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, Walter. <laughs> Teresa, I look hard to find that. One. Oh, okay. Saturday this week, Halloween Spooktacular starts at SeaWorld. I had mentioned this before, but it's coming up. Don't do it. Don't push one of those buttons now on me. I'm going. Stella it's and I are going. It's the most adorable. Have you done um, No, but the little photos and stuff they have, they're, it's so adorable. It's so it cute. Like it's Stella so and I are going to go over, check it out, do some trick-or-treating amongst oh, the... There it is. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I thought we had music for her. Really? I thought you were going for something. Well, I can't. Uh, we, we can't get anything onto the... Uh, Prize Matron right now, so. Huh. It's Saturday? It starts October 3rd. It's 3rd, 4th, 10th, 11th. So it's every weekend um, beginning at 12 noon. It, your parking mission gets you in for the whole 
thing. Oh, cool. I think I'm going to go over. Oh, yeah, I'm going over Saturday. Where is that, SeaWorld? Mm-hmm. SeaWorld. How exciting. It does look really cute. Well, I like it because it's, it's an alternative to trick-or-treating that doesn't involve a hard ticket. It doesn't involve... Yep. Going through some creepy neighborhood you don't know. Mm. Yeah, good point. You know? Or they have needles on the candy. <laughs> and razor blades in the popcorn balls. <laughs> Were you in the 70s or what? Uh, <laughs> nice. All right, well, thank you for that, Teresa. Mrs. Martin. The Orlando International Dragon Boat Festival is going to be at Downtown Disney again this year with the hold races. Drag and boat <laughs> festival? Drag Drag queens? <laughs> Dragon, as in fire oh, breathing. Dragon boat festival. I, I drag said she said and drag and boat festival. And I thought, that's <laughs> like, an odd combination. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's my southern accent. Makes Talk about a niche market. market. Yeah, really. <laughs> boat queens. <laughs> drag. I'm dressed up as Mrs. Howell. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to that. That sounds so fun. It actually does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> This is not a dragon boat festival. This is a dragon, as in fire-breathing boat festival. And it's going to be October 17th. An even smaller niche market. <laughs> you have to go. Yeah, really. I, I went last yeah. year. It was really nice. Kathy was, has a nice blog up from last she year. She has such an active life. She really does. <laughs> Compared to us. I went to the dragon boat festival. It did look really cool. I went and looked at um, the photos that she had. It was. It's like something you would think you wouldn't want to see or do until you get there and you went oh no this is really yeah they do it in the midwest on the mississippi too they do dragon boat races and, and it's something that the sounds like she's saying it too <laughs> i don't know what that, <laughs> that you don't have thing. to be real athletic to do it which is what i liked about it oh is and it rowing yes yeah that's what i thought yeah no <laughs> and they have these did they yeah, make no. you did you get out there and row no, no you're just watching just the watching. dragon <laughs> <laughs> cool Cool. Well, thank you for, for that, Julia. I'm sorry I'm chewing. <laughs> Corey? I want to let everybody know that we um, changed up the logos on our Diz Unplugged Cafe Press Store with the, the new logo. So if you've received a shirt or a coffee mug from sending your email in, now there's new merchandise being um, given out. And you can buy this, too, if you want, or you can just send us an email. It's uh, cafepress.com forward slash Diz Unplugged. It's the same logo that was um, on the Give Kids the World shirts, except these are on the front. The Give Kids the World on the back. I didn't want to change it up so close to us selling those. I didn't want these two to compete. Right. So now it's good. I just want to let the people know from the 917 email show that you are getting the new ones. So don't email me and ask. Here we go. Can I return my one I got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you for that, Corey. Kevin Close. Uh, Wolfgang Puck Cafe is celebrating Oktoberfest. They're having a special three-course menu available at the Downtown Disney Restaurant through the month of October, and it's $35 a person. Featured recipes will be seared scallops with spatzel and a caper aioli and wiener schnitzel. Hormone-free Berkshire pork with warm potato salad. I'm, I don't know that that excites anybody. It sounds kind of awful to me. <laughs> Baby mosh and mustard sauce. Dessert mosh. M-A-C-H-E. I don't know what that is. Dessert offerings. In, don't write to me. I don't care either. Um, <laughs> dessert offerings include an apple Because they're going to write to me and say, do you know there's a restaurant in Atlanta that serves nothing but mash? I never can't believe you never heard of it. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, they are, because I still get the chicken and waffle emails. I can't believe you never heard of chicken and waffles. I was listening to the archives. How, how dumb are you? 
Oh, I okay, missed that one. I didn't know what chicken and waffles were. Dessert offerings in- include an really? apple strudel. No. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you hear her voice? <laughs> she didn't know the name of the ride she just went on, but she did. She's heard of chicken and waffles and is surprised that we <laughs> have I lived them. in Atlanta. Okay, never mind. Dessert offerings include an apple strudel and vanilla bean gelato. This is $35 a person that you could probably spend elsewhere. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I Walter wanna... lived in, uh, in Atlanta. Had you ever heard of chicken and waffles? No. I heard of okay, chicken but and waffles when I lived in Pennsylvania. You lived in Conley. But you were strange. <laughs> <laughs> That's because she goes out of the house in Pennsylvania, too. Well, you can get Baby Mosh, or M-A-C-H-E. Do you don't want to go to this and see the Arnold Palmer girls dressed up like pilgrims? <laughs> it's not the Arnold Palmer girls. Arnold Palmer girls. Palmer girls. Palmer. Robert Palmer girls. Oh, Robert Palmer girls. <laughs> <laughs> Palmer. And I'm like, what? Arnold Palmer has girls? Arnold Palmer does have girls. Wait, go back. Do you know how much is wrong with that? <laughs> the Arnold Palmer girls dressed up as pilgrims? Because it's like around Thanksgiving. It's in October. It's Oktoberfest. <laughs> the we pilgrims usually celebrate Halloween costumes. Oktoberfest would be German. We usually celebrate Thanksgiving in November. Maybe they'll be dressed up like Heidi Klum. <laughs> <laughs> One day they're in, the next day out. <laughs> now there are 15 of you <laughs> It's so dumb, but he makes me laugh. <laughs> okay, I don't know what you're talking about. You watch but Project <laughs> Runway, right? No. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Get his card. No, I do not watch Project Runway. Oh, Heidi Klum gives them that little speech. Designers, in fashion, one day you're in, the next day you're out. <laughs> <laughs> next week, there'll be 15 of you. Fifteen. <laughs> 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 we love Heidi Klum. Yeah, Kevin just laughs for no. Oh, that's just Heidi. Heidi Klum with her cold dead eyes. <laughs> we love she's, Heidi pretty, Klum. she's pretty much a head with legs. She can stomp it out <laughs> on that runway. Oh, man. I love Heidi Klum. We do. Uh, well, all right. Thank you for uh, that, Kevin. John. What do you have? A couple weeks ago, I talked about, uh, I mentioned that a, a promotion was coming out. We had heard rumors of a promotion, and we didn't know when it was going to hit, and it was, uh, we had heard that it was, quote-unquote, like um, seven for four promotion, but much more complicated. Well, mm-hmm. Disney has decided to release that particular promotion this week. Buy four, get three, or buy five, get two. <coughs> Valid for stays most nights, November 1st, 2009 to December 24th, 2009, and January 3rd, 2010 to March 27th, 2010. What makes this more complicated is there are roughly 46 codes. There's going to be a code that narrows it down by when you want to travel and what resort. And are you kidding me? That's the list of codes. Oh, my God. Made. Yep. It's a great deal. It's a great promotion. You're going to save a lot of money. Um but not for uh, annual pass holders. No, you have to buy. You have to buy either a, a, a six-day Magic Your Way ticket or a five-day Magic Your Way ticket. Right. This is a package that would have to include tickets. And the, yeah, the nice thing about the last one was you could get a one-day one ticket, ticket, a one-day right. ticket, and uh, now they're forcing you on the minimums. Right. So you know, th- thank you, annual pass holders, for being so loyal and buying an annual pass. But too bad you can't take advantage of this. And like I said, this is very, very complicated because, like you said, based on the resort, value resorts, two free nights when you book and five. And if this was a company, I'm sorry, if this was a company that really gave a damn about its its 
best, uh, highest affinity group, they wouldn't put us through this with these ridiculous codes. Look at this. This is a page full of discount codes. You know, stop it. It's a code for each number of nights you're going to do, based on the resort you're going to do, based on the package, with dining, without dining, quick service. Uh, these must be booked by October 31st, 2009 for for stays in 2009 and booked by December 20th, 2009 for stays in 2010. Do you think this is for their own internal reporting I think or this tracking? Is, I think this is to make it confusing and difficult um, so that it's not as widely available or as widely utilized as the last one was. And was um, you don't do something... I'm sorry, Kathy. You don't do something like this. You don't introduce something and put all this garbage on there unless you are trying to buffer the number of people that are actually going to use it. I think a lot of people used it last time, um, and I think they're trying to make sure they get more money out of it, which I'm fine with, but 40 codes? Come on. That's just a little ridiculous. You must call in from a cell phone. You must book it online through a PC only. You know, it, it, <laughs> More than that. You're talking like 80 codes are on here. 80 codes. But wasn't also part of the deal was it what really wasn't supposed to come out on Monday, it was supposed to be released later this week, and from the word spreading on the boards, then Disney sort of ended up giving people the. What I understand was it was supposed to be Monday for Disney Visa card holders only. Okay, but people were booking this who weren't Disney Visa card holders. So, uh, and what I understand is Wednesday when the show goes up, there's actually going to be more availability because that's when the promotion is officially supposed to start okay but i mean this goes beyond the weirdest of the weird i mean this is just and i think part of the problem too is um when we book online we have to put the code in we have to identify a code that we want to use or if you call up you have to tell them i want to use such and such a code so i wonder if they're going to do that oh no that's not the right code so you have to have the exact right code or else they won't give you the promotion it's uh I'm so nice and relaxed coming back from vacation. I really don't want to get it. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm glad they're doing the four for three and the five for two, although if they're offering four, stay four five days, get two? three days, why would you just take the five for two? Because it depends on the resort. Mm. Oh, oh, Value oh, resorts, right. get two free nights when you book five, and that you have to purchase a six-day ticket. Moderate, deluxe, deluxe villas, Get three free nights when you book four, okay. and you have to purchase a five-day ticket. Stand on one <laughs> no, leg and exactly. jump up and down on a full moon on a Thursday. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, John. I Kathy? have one. I have one. Kathy? I got this from my friend, Sean. So, this is about the founder of Cirque du Soleil, um, Guy Laliberte. La Liberté. Is going up into outer space. He's going to the Interna- International Space Station. Him and Lance Bass. And he's going to be the first Canadian space tourist. And he's dedicated his flight to publicizing global water issues through a creative performance to be broadcast from orbit. But the really cool part <laughs> is he's going to wear, where is it? He's going to wear his red nose because that's... <gasps> Freaky French clown. 
yeah. in space. Great. Oh, my gosh. So um, he's going to use his trip to, to space as an opportunity to stage a massive event to tout the importance of clean water. Oh, wake me up when it's over. Okay. Now, everybody, you got to mark your social calendars because on October 9th at 8 p.m., he plans to perform a poetic fairy tale about water from the space station. Wow. That sounds exciting. I'm going to the Dragon Boat Show. <laughs> it's going to be broad- This sounds like the Dragon Space Show. <laughs> He's going to it's going to be broadcast online at onedrop.org and aol.com. The charity that he's working for is really a good deal. It's really it's really a good charity, and what they're what, saying. AOL? No, they're the one drop. It's about water for everybody, mm-hmm. and you know you've heard the experts say that the wars in the future will not be about oil or be about, about land. It'll be about water. So this is um, some people doing some really good things. Scary French crown and he's fairy gonna, tales <laughs> in space are not the way. To and get he's going to wear his nose because it's a symbol of his mission, but it also reminds. What reminds me that I should never get, forget that I was once a kid. He goes, I'm not a professional cosmonaut, an astronaut, so what I'm bringing up there is what I am, and what I am is an artist, a, a creative. So, and then there's also going to be a, a, a conference. <laughs> Artists in 14 cities around the world will also perform and speak live in front of huge screens showing Lala Berte in space. And the personalities, I know you're all going to watch this. He's going to do an interpretive dance of Patch Adams. But it's going to be <laughs> Vice President Al Gore, Peter Gabriel, you um, 2 and they're going to be broadcasting from Montreal, Moscow, Johannesburg, Mumbai, Marrakesh, Sydney, Tokyo, Mexico, and Rio de Janeiro, Paris, and London, as well as New York, Santa Monica, and Tampa. Maybe... Do, should I drive over to Tampa to see this? You drive wherever you want to go. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Wow. Clowns cool. in space. Clowns in space. Did you just call them sponge nose square pants? Yeah. <laughs> Al Gore's going to have a red nose, too? Or I just don't know. We'll have to tune in and watch. Wait, Al Gore's going? What? He's going to oh. be one of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al Gore's going in space with you, too. And you, too? <laughs> And Peter Gabriel? Well, no, I know they're performing in front of the live, in front of the screen, which the dude won't be able to see anyway. It's like they're going to be in satellite, right? I don't know. That all sounds a little what, strange. When is this again, Kathy? Do you really October, care? <laughs> October 9th. He's going to... Next week? They're going to be... Yeah, they're going to have screens. He'll speak live in front of huge screens. What's he going up on the guy. shuttle? Really? How'd he get up there? Didn't they just... Or the cosmonauts sending him up? It does, it the does, Russians. It doesn't say. It just says he's headed for the International he's Space Station. He's got one of them really big trampolines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost there. He hits the side. Oh, here it is. He, he's set to fly on a Russian Soyuz spacecraft from Kazakhstan. and Forat's home country. <laughs> yeah. He booked his trip with the Russian Federal Space Agency mm-hmm. through the U.S. firm Space Adventures and is reportedly paying about $35 million for the space flight. You didn't use Dreams Unlimited Travel. I tell you, travel. we should get yeah. that on Dreams, dude. Space travel. I've got to tell you something. That's off property. <laughs> what, are the, <laughs> what are the odds of him actually making it on the Kazakhstan Express to, <laughs> to the moon? Or They've proven to be. To the moon. Yeah. Very safe and very reliable, actually. It's not the moon. <laughs> the Kazakhstan Space Shuttle? Well, what, what, these these rockets that the uh, Russians send up, mm-hmm. these are Soyuz, Soy, the Soyuz uh, rockets. They are they have been very very dependable. They've worked really well. Stewardesses walking around serving. 
No. He says he's also looking forward to providing some comic relief while aboard the station, making Sorry jokes and yeah. pulling pranks on his fellow um, fellow crewmates. So could you see that? Pulling Jeez. pranks on him? Yeah. Takes Boy, it out of its orbit. Are you a real clown or what? Up on <laughs> <laughs> could you not have just given that $35 million to the... The drop? Mm-hmm. Right, to the charity. Wouldn't you that would make think. more sense? Mm-hmm. But then you're not going to get this kind of attention. So remember, October Making 9th, Making a fool out of yourself in space, putting a red nose on you. idiot. Send me an email. Remind <laughs> me of that. Okay. okay. Can we put that up on the show notes? Because I know everybody's going to want to see it. hope they flush him out into space. It's your like, rapid fire. It has to be the in the show notes. <laughs> Freaky French clown in space. Just what we need. $35 million. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That says something about the success of Cirque du Soleil. Oh, yeah. Tremendously successful. Yeah, well. I'll leave that alone. All right. Well, that will do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our first segment. And I haven't decided what that segment's going to be. Um, Kevin, you did a re-review of... <laughs> See his face? <laughs> I'm never first. I'm, I'm never, never first. first. I'm always the anchor. <laughs> Is that a fat joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we talk about Benihana all the time and how they have great sushi and it's cheaper than almost any place else on Disney property. Well, John and I um, stopped in there last night. I talked about this once before, but I haven't done it yet. Uh, Benihana has en- offered, uh, has started offering endless sushi lovers nights Monday through Thursday between five and eight p.m. It's twenty six ninety five per person. The twenty six ninety five includes. <laughs> Includes your choice of miso or onion soup, a Benihana salad, edamame, and Japanese green tea. There is also uh, a nigiri and sushi rolls, and you also get endless hot food. Uh, John and I had it last night. We go in there, and we can eat $25 worth of sushi just ordering a la carte. So the fact that it was twenty six ninety nine, you got all the extra stuff plus all the sushi you could eat, turned out for us to be a pretty good deal. So if you're a sushi lover, I thought Corey would get a kick out of this. Uh, the other thing I think is really good is you do get the hot food. It, it's you, you, uh, offered chicken katsu, tempura, shrimp and vegetables, uh, calamari and vegetables, chicken and vegetables, chicken teriyaki, vegetable fried rice, and the mixed vegetable platter. Your rolls, Alaskan roll, avocado roll, bonsai roll, Benihana roll, Boston roll, California roll, uh, crunch chicken, cucumber, dragon, eel, Philadelphia, rainbow, salmon, shrimp crunch, shrimp lover's roll, shrimp tempura roll. just want to mention that uh, Walter and Kathy are both hunched forward in absolute rapture hearing you go through this list. <laughs> I've done this before. I brought enough papers for everybody. They're like, you leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Science is all you can eat. We know you're Cory. No Cory Martin. No Cory Martin. So you're Martin. Japanese or Vietnamese? <laughs> A little bit of both. He's apparently the person who does your nails. Don't <laughs> yeah. leave now. You'll be here for hours. Spicy tuna roll, um, the spider roll, the sunshine Corey roll. at wdwinfo.com. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks of Forrest Gump. Anybody else? Lamb and shrimp, barbecue <laughs> shrimp. That's all. Well, <laughs> you know what? They're not going to write to you and say, is it gonna ha- am I going to be able to get the spider roll? Oh, yeah. 
The vegetable roll, the volcano roll, the wasabi roll, and the yellowtail roll. I ordered a volcano roll thinking it was something else last night. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, this doesn't have anything disgusting in it. It doesn't have like squid or eel or anything in it, does it? So I called the lady over and she says, oh, no, that has crab stick and it has avocado and it has crab. And then it's chopped with a cheese sauce and bacon and then baked. And I thought, okay, I'm willing to try that. <laughs> At that point, I asked if they could put bacon on all my sushi. Really? <laughs> One thing they try to do, though, with this all-you-can-eat, they try to fill you up with the edamame and the miso soup yeah. and the salad. Bring all that to you first. I right. just push that off to the side. I'm like, bring the, bring <laughs> the real <laughs> stuff. Push it off to Please, the side. I don't eat that, too. <laughs> they did uh, let us know that one of their rules is that you have to finish what you've ordered before you can reorder. So... I thought this was a pretty good deal. It's offered only in the sushi lounge. Uh, you can order two rolls and six pieces of nigiri per order, and the next order cannot be submitted until you're completed with the first order. There's no sharing or takeout, and I thought it was a good deal. That's a lot of rules. Well, really? they, ma- they make you order like um, out of both columns. It's two, every- yeah. Yeah, you Up need to, to order six. sushi and rolls at the same time. You just can't go and just keep. You can't just order the same sushi. thing over and over. Right. So they want you to order from the sushi column and then order two rolls at a time. Wow. Because oh, the rice fills you up. Right. I was like, can, you can't order just one roll. Yeah, no, you can. They want you to order the rolls. They don't want you just ordering the sushi. Oh, I did that too. You can do that now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just not you, Corey. Just not you, Corey. Okay, for the uneducated, what's the difference between the two? Sushi and sushi. Sushi rolls. is the fish on top of the rice, and the roll is the, the fish and vegetables rolled Really? And sliced. Yeah. Uh, the nigiri is like a little pillow of rice and then I a need slab. need a button here that has vomit sounds on it. <laughs> and has a slab of tuna or salmon or any other of the Octopus. kinds of fish. Okay. Right. The only thing I don't enjoy about don't like the uh, Benihana rolls is that their crab is... Uh, they, they shred it. Uh, grade tuna. <laughs> they shred their crab. So it's not like the actual crab <laughs> stick. It's shredded crab. Now, on the nigiri last night, I was ordering the crab and it is the crab it's stick. It's shredded crab stick? Or real crab? No, it's not real crab. Really? Okay. I think they I'm take the crab stick and shred it. I have to have the real crab in my California roll. The stick that you get roll. in the grocery store with the little fake yeah. red line yeah. mm-hmm. That's it's actually it's pretty fish. common in sushi. Oh, that's, a, that's just wrong. Go where I go. You can get real crab in your California roll. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to follow Julie? Yes. Yeah. Is yours at Disney? No. No. It's just at Disney. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely get your money's worth. If you're a sushi lover. For sure. Walter is like reading every word on the page. And if you compare the this yeah, list try. with the menu, order the most expensive rolls. You'll see some of these rolls are $10 each. He figured out the first round we got our money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Well, how big? Okay. I'm an, pretty new to sushi. An average roll is about six pieces. If they do that, I ask them, I like the, the smaller, smaller bite. Me right. too. So I ask them to cut my rolls and eat pieces. If they, so, some of the chefs, the sushi chefs, sushi chefs will send out a six piece roll, but then you get a bigger bite. And I find it hard to take a bite of sushi and mm-hmm. may I take ra- a second I bite. I rarely get a six piece roll. It's normally always eight. Yeah. Anywhere from six to eight. Okay. They roll I think we it all and need they to go out for right. sushi. Like in the little, okay, they have it in Publix. I've watched yeah. the guy, yeah. I stand there and watch the guy in Publix do it. I know it's not Benihana, but. Oh, don't get me wrong. We've ordered, know, we get Publix you know, sushi. If I can a lot see him Publix. make it and I know the guy's been there doing it, then I'll get it. But so what he, after he rolls it out, that's the roll, mm-hmm. and then they put it in the little pack. Right. Okay. You can also see the Nigerian Publix. It'll be the bigger packages. It's usually a little more money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of t- when you get the Nigiri, you can't see the rice because the fish is laying on top okay, of it. Okay, I've seen that, yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to have to go make a trip to Publix then, too. And 
Be picky about which one you go to, though. Teresa's right. The, the guy in ours is great. If yeah. it's not the freshest, he'll tell me don't take that. Mm-hmm. And he'll come out and pull it out. But The one over by Walter's, that he he's there, right? The, yeah, but the one by my house, now there, there's some little Italian dude bringing them in on a hand <laughs> cart. It's not the same thing. We eat at yeah, Benihana a fresh. lot. <laughs> we eat at Benihana a lot, and I've never, ever, ever had a problem with the quality of the sushi. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool, Walter. You'll have to take me over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband's not going to eat it. Are you going to eat it? No. no. Well, there you go. They do have other things on the menu. You might not want to pick the all-you-can-eat stuff, but even on the all-you-can-eat, you get you can get the hot food also. Okay. The non-fish. Hot food. Hot food. <laughs> yeah, but it's been in close proximity to the rest of it. Been fish adjacent. <laughs> fish adjacent. <laughs> The fishes talk to my food and <laughs> kind of rubbed <laughs> up against it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Um, let's move on and discuss the Food and Wine Festival. First of all, who did it this week? We did it who on did Friday. It this week? So Corey and Julie did it. Uh, I know Walter did it. Mm-hmm. Kathy, you did it. Yeah. John and Kevin, you get a chance to get over? We, we have not. Now they're fine. Teresa. They're waiting for the cool front. They're waiting for it to be cooler. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I won't go into the parks like I, like I did tell Corey I don't think I'm going back anytime soon. It was it was brutal hot, very hot. We've had an unusually hot weather. It was. It was in the high 90s. Can't enjoy yourself when it's that hot. No. No, you're too busy drinking five bottles of water. I love the Food and Wine Festival. I don't think there's anything that they can do wrong, but I'm disappointed this year. Extremely disappointed, I would say. Really? Oh. Yes. There's just so much that's not there anymore. There's nothing extra around the World Showcase. There, there are no wine walkabouts like they used to have. Okay, that was disappointing. First of all, Australia is normally very elaborate, right? Remember last year with yeah. the big walls and the huge wine walkabout? Then you had the little wine stand and you had your food area. It's one tiny little booth. And all that extra space is just grass. Really? Yes. You know, last year there was a featured um, city. Well, last two years. Last year was New Orleans, and mm-hmm. the year before that was Oklahoma. That's all grassed over. Just nothing there. Oklahoma's not a city. Well, he well, meant well, featured you, state. You, featured state. I'm just teasing. Um, but there was nothing there. I know we, we ragged on Pearville over at the <laughs> United <laughs> States. But oh, we still no can Pearville. if you want. Yeah. That's, that's not there. It's There's gone. nothing there. Yeah, don't have enough money to properly put on food and wine, but let's spend $4.5 billion on, uh, on Marvel. A lot of the food items have changed. A lot of things, like in Mexico, the chilaquiles is gone. They replaced it with some sort of chicken tostada. Um, quite a few things yeah, there. Are. Um, in, Dave, in David Parfit's blog, I think when he interviewed uh, Dan Cockrell, he said he they have 60 to 70% new items, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing, but I was looking forward to having the chilaquiles, and it wasn't on there. Like, yeah, there's ah. certain things that you look forward to and that you know you like. Um I wish they would just change like a few items and not everything, you know. But I was disappointed with um, there was nothing extra this year. It was just nothing the elaborate. It's just booths, and they're all you know like <laughs> at least this year in Mexico it actually looks like a little Mexico booth, like it was like the standard one. They definitely have personality. But all the booths. it's just I, I don't know. I was disappointed with the no Australia area. Um, New Orleans is just a booth now. It's not the huge elaborate French Quarter setting like there was last year. Um, well, Actually, when they put that back, you know they've still got the stuff sitting somewhere. Well, the menus, the the guide this year, it's weekly. There's not like a huge one guide that you can get and always know what's going on. Every yeah. week you have to get a, a new what guide. What did you think of that? I thought that was rather cheap. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. the weekly guide. 
I like the. Well, I think you hit it right on the head. Cheap. No, and that sounds like what they. That this is what they've done this but, year. But is, think about it, though. It's got to cost them more money to put out a weekly guide than one guide for the entire festival. It's got to cost them more publishing because they've got to get rid of whatever they haven't distributed, and now they have to print a new one. I think the reason they're doing the weekly is because they have the the whole list of times for all the the seminars and shows. And well, stuff they like have that, that and the the other one too. Maybe there were there was issues last year where some were changing. Okay, you're telling me for 13 years you put out a booklet, and then on the 14th year, oh, uh, it's not working. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, look, I agree with you. But I'm just, I'm trying to figure out why why they're doing this. But I say, you talk about, you think it's saving money that they didn't set up those added areas. I don't think that costs them any more money. As a matter of fact, it generates more revenue for them. Right, Because there's more space to put things for sale. And I also Why else would they scale back on it? I just think you have someone in there who's decided I'm going to do something different. And does anyone remember last year how they had like little, I don't know if you call them like little booths set up, not the the specific food and wine booths that sell merchandise, but like other merchandise, like a featured jewelry artist or wood carver and people like that. There was a Native American artist last year. Nothing like that around the World Showcase. Really? There's uh, the wood carver lady. She's in the festival center. Um, That's the saddest place on the planet. It is. <laughs> it's nice oh, is and that, cool, though. Is that over in Horizons? The, I don't know. It's just really far. It's the Festival Mausoleum. Oh, no. That was no <laughs> Festival, Festival Mausoleum. That, that was the Flower and Garden Show. It's the same place. The same place. I know, but we sat down. Remember we sat down last year? That lady wanted to talk about bugs in your pots and stuff like that. We lasted about 30 seconds. And then <laughs> I pretended I got a phone call and we left. <laughs> oh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. John, call me. I also thought the prices were a little bit higher. That's, that's a, you know that that's a a thing I expect every year when I go there. I know that everything's going to be up a quarter or up fifty cents. So some things have changed. They're twenty five cents, fifty cents more expensive than last year. You see a lot more items over four dollars now. Do you get your little oh, really? gift card thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. And what do you? I mean, not to be nosy, but what did you start out with? What kind of number? A hundred. A hundred. Uh, well, we we got a hundred dollar one and we got a twenty five dollar one. And you could reload them. We, 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 was, we split up later yeah. on because Ferris was really hot. Right. So she took off and I, I held on to one. Did you use it all that one time? Oh, oh no. I didn't drink on Friday. I just, okay. it was we drank nothing too, but water. <laughs> it was just too hot. It, I just wasn't in the mood to drink. I'm just trying to get an idea how, how much to load on one well, I to get you around the $20 world. on mine just to start because I also wanted to see how you could refresh it because you mm-hmm. can do that at each one of the stands. But two things in a bottle of water mm-hmm. in Greece. You were done. Was nine dollars and twenty cents. Yep. Wow! I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be the dissenting voice here. I know you all love food and wine. I don't really think it's that big a deal. I think it's outrageously expensive. Well, it's it's not cheap, but I think it's just fun. It's more it's about the fun, fun. to go and around. We normally go with a big group of friends, and that makes it more fun. You know, everybody's having a good time. You get to right. socialize. Epcot's my friends. It might be better. <laughs> Epcot's my favorite park, and then when you throw food and wine. You know, Into in addition to that, it's just awesome. Well, I think I like it. About, I've only done last year, and I haven't done this year. I like it because, you know, maybe you can't afford to go. I know you're not getting the same food you're getting in the restaurants, but maybe you can't afford to go into the restaurant and buy a full meal. You're getting a little taste of that country mm-hmm. while you're there. You know, one thing that even Corey, though I stay in Canada because I like the food the best. Uh, <laughs> that Corey noticed when we walked into the main entrance, it looks like they recycled some of the stuff from last year's theme. I thought that, but okay. I went and compared it's photos not, from last year. But it does look similar. Right. Speaking of that, I mean, the decorations in that front flower bed looks rather cheap. Yeah. 
It's not elaborate. No, it, it looks like you just went to some I think, store. And- you know, again, I think there's a common word being thrown around here. Uh, cheap. The theme this year is celebrating culinary adventures. And so when you walk in, a lot of the um, statues or whatever are all cakes. Mm-hmm. They're like these. Well, then there should have been like a kangaroo hunt or something in Australia if they want to make it an adventure. Mm-hmm. Getting back to what you're talking about, <laughs> about the fact that it's... It, but Kathy just said, what did you say? Two little appetizers and a bottle of water was $9. Yeah. So if you can't afford to sit down for lunch, so are you going to be happy with two bites of food and a bottle of water? And I'm not, I'm not pointing at you. Right. I'm talking at, about anybody right. in particular. I think it's, an ex- I, I think it's fun. I, I think it's an extravagance, especially when you add on to the fact that you have to pay 70 bucks to get in. Right. So it's, it's, it's an expensive day. It is. And if, if you're going to use that as your meal, it, it's an expensive. We walk around. We do it every year. We take my folks. Well, we, this year we'll take my mom. We walk around, and everybody has money in their pocket. But by the end of the day, you say, how much did you spend? Well, and we don't drink alcohol. Nobody in my party drinks alcohol. Well, I spend $40. Well, I spend $50. And it's not like we're walking around being gluttons. Right. We're just tasting things. And by I the end of the day, you realize well, that of- for four people, you spent 200 bucks. I can go to a really nice restaurant. Yeah, but that. you're getting different countries, yeah. I think. It's still part better of- than party for the census, though, right, Kevin? That party for the census, in my opinion, is a total ripoff. But part of what opinion. makes it worth it, though, is the extra exhibits and the cool stuff you experience going around it sounds like a lot of that's gone it's not there right and you know you i i'm i don't believe that this is a matter of somebody coming in with a different idea i think this is them saying we've got to cut everything back to the bone because even though the economy is starting to improve and they've made all these cuts already they're realizing oh this is a place where we can soak more money out of this well when and, you and and again it is all about that shareholder value, and the guests will deal with it. Because food and wine, kind of like Le Cellier, has that, that mystique about it. You've got to come. You've got to do it. This is an, you know, such a huge part of people's trips when they come down in September and October. That's the first thing. When somebody's coming down this time of year, they always look and their eyes light up. Oh, and I'm going to food and wine. Uh, so this is a big deal. And what Disney's doing is they're saying, you know, it doesn't matter if we put the rest of this stuff up. We're still going to make the money. So let's not be so concerned about the overall experience. Let's make sure just what we need to get as much money out of it as we can is in place. I can remember coming down from Pennsylvania specifically for food and wine. And you really had a good time. And we could make it around the whole world showcase and not feel like they had taken every last dollar. Right. And now it's like, maybe if you've never been to Food & Wine, you could go and say that it was really nice. But it's like, if you've been there yeah. a number of years, you really do see things. That's and I'm I sorry, I'm, and, I, and I'm sorry, just, I, they, they can't cry poverty when they just spent $4.5 billion on Marvel. I'm sorry. You can't cry poverty. You can't talk about the economy. You can't cry any of that nonsense. You just spent $4.5 billion on Marvel. And you can't put on a decent food and wine festival? But that's what we've been talking about this a lot lately. Disney's doing this thing where they're charging you more for less. They did the same thing with cereal boxes in the store. They lowered the price of cereal. However, instead of getting the regular size box of cereal you get, you're getting two-thirds of what you used to get for the same price. So you're you're spending more on less. Right. And Disney's doing the same thing to us. Mm -hmm. And we're allowing it. 
we're allowing it to happen. We're paying more and getting less, and we're still telling them how wonderful they are. Yep. Now, so when, when you guys went on Friday, was it real crowded? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it oh, was because crowded. when we went on Sunday, I was surprised that the lines weren't very long. The one line I got into at South Africa, <laughs> it was there was no one in line, so I went and I ordered the little sirloin that they had, and I went up to the thing, and they didn't have any ready. I had to stand there and wait for them to cook. Them. You think people this are waiting for it to cool off a little bit? Maybe. This is what, our 10th food and wine? Yeah. So, I mean, every year we go, there are certain areas around the world showcase where you expect something to be there. (laughs) Wasn't there? You know, like the American uh, Pavilion. Every year there's something there. For the last two years it was Paraville. The year before that there was a wine walkabout. Yeah. And when I went there this year, I'm like, where is it? Where is everything? There's extra tables, which that was my complaint last year. They need more tables that you can actually eat at, so but you're not eating on top of... But if they're all in America of, and you're in Morocco, it doesn't matter. So you're not eating <laughs> really? on top of um, garbage cans. I noticed a lot more tables around, of course, because there's nothing else there. I wonder <laughs> might if, as well put tables. I wonder if this is a function of them starting earlier. I wonder if this weekly planner thing and not seeing that many displays, maybe that stuff will come back later. Because you're saying you well, see the Well, it's not areas. fair for the people who came this first week or maybe even next week and yeah. they're not there and the third week they're going to be there. No, I'm just, if you're on vacation, I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying like, you know. I'm just speculating that this might happen. I don't know if it's going to and, you know, we could debate how fair, yeah. fair it is or not. But you're saying you see the areas where this stuff should go. Right. And it's just nothing. open and nothing there. So I wonder if they're getting less think. participants. I don't think Paraville was a Disney function. I'm pretty sure that the Pair no, Association yeah. of America put, put that on. Well, I think so that's partly it, too. I think that's partly it, too. I think the overall economy might be saying, listen, we right. can't afford to go sponsor And New Orleans might not be able to want to spend that much money again on stuff like that. How about the guest speakers? Are they a, a good list this year? Anybody? We you know, know, tell you the truth, I've, I've never the, done any of those really? things. No. But I, last I, year, I'd like to. Last year, I didn't do anything. This year, there was a few on there. But I this year, they've changed the thing where they're charging you for those. Right. They're very expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, they used to be all free. Now they're charging you because there's going to be, I guess. I just don't like that. There. You know, if they're going to build things up every year and make it better and better and better every year, and then they get to this 14th year and they do this kind of, you know, poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a typical. Don't you should you should never take anything away. If somebody's expecting something, you want to do better. You don't want to go back and revert to something. Because I was looking good. forward to see what might be new. You know, maybe well, they've expanded some grass. other areas. To well, what, well, they do have two new um, pavilions. Pete took my map away. Rio de Janeiro. Uh, Brazil. In Brazil. There we go. Well, Rio de Janeiro is Brazil. It's well, what's the other one? <laughs> Sorry. Because I pointed that out to you. Bangkok, yeah. Thailand. Yeah. So, you know, two new booths. There's also a beer hop. Oh, and the Edie's ice cream booth. That wasn't oh, yeah. there. We a beer there. hop. Like a you pay, sock hop? You pay like twelve, ten to $12 and you go try. Yeah, a sock hop. Teresa, three, three that's exactly beers. what it is. Edith. The most exciting <laughs> thing for me was the Edie's ice cream booth. Ooh. And a little container of ice cream was $3.25. And, I mean, you're getting pretty close to what a half a gallon of ice cream costs. Times five family members, boy, you're done mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. But they did bring baklava back to the grease booth, so I was happy. You know, to see I never that. went to Food and Wine ever looking for a bargain. Right. You never go thinking, "Oh, look, we're going to eat and get a no. good deal." You go because there's going to be something different and unique and something you that can you try. can try. Yeah, so. and I think it's fun. Our, I remember going with certain family members, and we all 
span out and go to different things and meet back and you know with our little eclectic yeah oh that's what you got what did you get yeah what'd you get the other thing that always bothers me is that there's not trays laying around yeah i can't believe that the booths don't have trays because if you buy two or three things it's really hard to carry them and i don't understand why they don't do it we've actually bought our own in the past well as i uh, mentioned uh Dave, our special correspondent, Dave Parfit, did manage to get an interview with Dan Cockrell, uh, who's the vice president of Epcot, and uh, he's gonna—he's talking about the food and wine event, obviously. So why don't we listen to that and see what he has to say? Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit, special correspondent for the Diz Unplugged, and today it is my pleasure to be speaking with Mr. Dan Cockrell, vice president for the Epcot theme park. Dan has been working with Disney for over 18 years, starting by parking cars in the Epcot parking lot, working as a food and beverage frontline manager at the Disneyland Resort Paris, to now Vice President for Epcot. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The Epcot Food and Wine Festival, the International Food and Wine Festival, is set to open on September 25th, and it's one of the favorite events of our listeners. I wonder if you could describe the festival a little bit for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with it. Sure. This will be our 14th year that we're having it here, the International Food and Wine Festival, and it's become quite a tradition for Walt Disney World. And every year has a different theme. So this year, our theme around celebrations at uh, Walt Disney World is uh, called Celebrating Culinary Adventures. So we're going to have over 30 uh, international marketplaces throughout the World Showcase at Epcot. So there's kiosks where you can go get small portions of food, and we have wine and beer and all kinds of different things you can taste and experience. And uh, the new offerings we have this year uh, are going to be Bangkok, Thailand, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and then our champagnes and dessert kiosk is uh, the first thing that we're the, it's a, a new offering for the, for the year. How do you go about selecting the cities that are represented in the festival? Well, we have, you know, we, I mean, we have obviously a lot of food and beverage people at Walt Disney World, and we have lots of contacts in the industry, and we interact with lots of different vendors. And so we go to different cities and countries based on a lot of different aspects. We look at the, the diversity, uh, the guest feedback. You know, every year we, we really look at what the guests reacted to and what they liked and what they want us to change. That's one of the keys for us, um, the historical popularity. And then um, we, we, we get some real popular ones. So we like to keep our popular ones, but we're always looking to change two or three countries or cities every year so that our returning guests can get a, a new experience. And in fact, this year, although we're only, we're only changing a couple of the uh, country kiosks, uh, we have about 60 to 70% of the menus, um, either the item or the recipe, is uh, being changed uh, to get a little bit more authentic or we're tweaking a little bit based on feedback we've gotten in the past. Oh, that's very interesting. One of the questions I had is, are the host countries at all involved in selecting the food and drink, serving the booze? How do you come up with the menus? Yes, we kind of interact with them. So we have some of our participant countries here at World Showcase who we kind of approve the menus, but we talk to them about um, not only, you know, I guess there's a couple ways you look at it. It's not only what the tastes and the offerings are going to be, but realistically, what can you produce for this kind of volume? So we really get into the logistics of, you know, how many steps does it take to make an item. And so if you say, well, we're going we're gonna to serve 10 of these, that's one thing. When you tell them, okay, you're going to have to serve 1,000 of these a day, sure. they really start thinking about the efficiency and practically how can, how can you make that happen. But uh, we have an incredibly talented food beverage team. Um, Jens Dahlman is our executive chef here at Epcot, and he gets involved 
with all the different uh, kiosks. Tastings are done year-round, and we get a lot of input from chefs. We get a lot of input from um, cast members who are not in food and beverage, and we kind of, by consensus, kind of figure out what the best selections are. I imagine you have to bring in a whole new group of staff for the Food and Wine Festival as well. Do you have to bring in a lot more cooks and people to work Absolutely. with? Absolutely. We are in the process right now of what we call down here onboarding. So we have a lot of cast arriving, and actually I just saw a group walk past my window about an hour ago. Um, and they're, they're, they're arriving with about over probably almost 500 cast members that we hire just to support the, uh, the festival between all the, uh, obviously the kiosks and the cooking functions, but then the back of house to all the prep and all the ordering and inventory management that needs to be done. I know such a big portion of the Epcot experience, the World Showcase experience, is having cast members there from the countries that are being represented on the World Showcase. Do you try to do that as well with the, the kiosks? Yes, that is, that's an important one because we haven't been able, and someday maybe we'll figure this out, but we haven't been able to get to a point that all the cast members who work in the kiosk, for example, from Bangkok, actually are from Bangkok. Sure. But um, we do a lot of education. That's part of our training with our cast. We really want them to understand the country that they're serving the food from, uh, the recipes, uh, if it's a traditional dish, kind of what the, the storyline is behind that. Um, although they're really fast transactions with our guests, we know that that's a big difference is the interaction that the, our guests have with our cast members. And so we try to prepare them as much as we can so they can have that authentic experience. Great. Can you say anything, Dan, about how the festival came about, what the history of it is? Well, Epcot has been, you know, the vision of Epcot has always been a place to showcase technology, showcase culture, and uh, this was just kind of a natural fit. Uh, we're blessed, Epcot is very blessed to have lots of room. Um, we have very wide walkways and lots of space for people to kind of be able to get around. And so when you start thinking about the, uh, the countries and World Showcase and getting people to kind of experience what it is in the, these other countries, food is something that is, you know, obviously worldwide. People, you can learn a lot about people through through food. And so, you know, originally we, we looked at these festivals, for example, the Food and Wine Flower and Garden Festival, and we plugged them in at times that we were traditionally slower. It was kind of a way to help kind of keep the uh, our attendance up during our slower periods. And, um, you know, years and years later now, um, we're seeing that there's really not, you know, we may have a couple weeks here and there at Walt Disney World, but we don't have really any slow weeks anymore because sure. we always have something going on and something to offer for the guests. I know exactly what you mean about Epcot being blessed with size. I ran the Walt Disney World Marathon and the Half Marathon as well, and when you're coming around the World Showcase in mile 25 of the marathon... Um, <laughs> and you think you're almost there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's one more country, one more country. There you go. So you said this is the 14th year for the festival. Right. And how do you continue to keep it new and fresh after 14 years? Well, the, you know, the content and the offerings, keeping them fresh and unique is really important. So we really question that every year, and we go back. And, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic. A lot of our guests say, you know what, we love, don't change anything because we have these great memories of visiting there, but we want to see new and fresh things. We exactly. want to be surprised. So we're always walking that tightrope between keeping things we know are really popular and looking at our guests. And so I think, you know, coming back to the guest feedback, that is something we stay extremely focused on because, you know, food and beverage and just, and when you run theme parks, a lot of times you almost 
convince yourself you're such an expert, you really don't have to listen to your guests because you know it so well, and that is really dangerous to do. And so we have just tons of research, and we're out walking the park every day, talking with our guests, getting their reactions to things, because then the day the park is here for them. And that's what, so when we listen to them, we hear them, and then we go ahead and make those um those uh, adjustments accordingly, because um, you know their expectations continue to change. Something we've we've really done over time. For example, uh, we have the party of the senses we offer every year, and we're offering that again this year um, over multiple weekends, starting on September 26th. And um, we, we've had that every year. We've heard from our guests that you know eat the beat concert. They they love that, and so we started looking at packaging those. So if you want to come to party of the senses, you can also get a reserve seat to the concert. And then we heard people saying, well, you know what? Sometimes it's really crowded at the beginning of the, the festival, and so is there something we could do? So we came up with a Wine View Lounge concept, and we have a, for an add-on, people can get a separate area to sit. And so once again, we've just really tapped and keep listening to the guests and keep looking at not only what's successful, but sometimes some of their negative comments, we try to parlay that in and say, okay, how can we, how can we fix this next year? What's the continuous improvement? And the goal is to make this perfect. The goal is someday... You know, every single guest would say you nailed it this year, but that probably won't happen because people have lots of different expectations. But uh, we keep pushing the envelope and keep reminding ourselves that uh, we just got to keep thinking out of the box and keep pushing forward. Another thing I was seeing with the Party of the Senses is this year you are doing different themes each week for that as well. Right. Uh, yeah, so we're opening up on September 26th celebrating Spanish cuisine. And then as we go through um, each of the weekends, uh, we have one that's going to be uh, South South American cuisine one weekend. One's going to be classical. The uh, October 3rd is going to be kind of fun, comfort foods with a twist. Okay. So we're always looking to change them up every time. So if, even if guests go to part of the senses, they're not going to get the exact same experience someone got the week before because we're going to be able to kind of have that, uh, that, that change in theme. Sure. Another new thing I saw, you were having a program called Celebrating Family and Friends in the Kitchen. Yes. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have, um, over time, it's been real popular to have uh, guest speakers come down and sort of uh, celebrity chefs. Oh, I've seen so this a year, wide range um, of celebrity chefs this year, too. Right, so we have, you know, we just opened uh, Cucina's over at the Boardwalk, and uh, that's been real popular. So we'll have um, Kat Cora doing a dinner. Also, the Dean Brothers will be down, and so we just want the, our, you know, our guests to have an opportunity to spend some time with with them. And a lot of our you know our, our guest chefs, their message is that you know food and beverage is a lifestyle, and it's a big part of your life. And people who are we call foodies understand that, and we want them to kind of get that message. Yeah, yeah, and I like the idea of celebrating family and friends. I mean, it ties it in with, uh, with Disney World really well as, as well. Right, I think like a lot of the listeners. When we're at my house and we have people over, you always end up in the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> we always have this great dining room, but everyone always gets around the counter, and that's where you have all your social time. That's right. That's right. The festival itself has gotten huge in scope. It lasts for over seven weeks. It's 45 days. There's over 25 food kiosks, musical performers, guest chefs, signature dinners, party for the senses. How do you go about coordinating and organizing a festival of that scope? Yeah, it is unbelievable. And my, my first answer is I have no idea. But the reality is we have, I mean, we have a, an incredible team of people that work down here. And a, a big thing is we have experience. So we have 13 years behind us, and we're really good at keeping track of each year. And a lot of times we'll go back into our files and say, okay, we remember five years ago we heard we did this. What was that all about? And someone will go in their files and find it. And, you know, we, we keep learning as we go. But uh, the planning is planning is ninety percent of it. It's getting the kiosks ready, 
And you know, to tell you the truth, this is this is literally a year-round process. That's what I was going to ask. It must be. Yeah, I mean, when November eighth, when the festival ends, we'll literally start meetings right after the first of the year and start planning for the next year. And we have to start lining up all the chefs, um, all the winemakers, thinking about what the theme's going to be, working with Walt Disney Imagineering on what the sets we need to have and what the graphics are going to look like. So it is a huge team of people. Um, and it is year-round. We have a smaller smaller group that works on it year-round. And then, obviously, as we get closer to the date, we ramp everybody up. You know, that the, the planning is is the is the key to success. But then, you know, once we get into it, it's you know, you, the best the best laid plans often don't always turn out. And uh, I think food and beverage people understand this the best. They are great at thinking on their feet and performing under pressure. And uh, so, day one of the festival, we're all going to be out there walking. And we're gonna. We talked about this the other day with the team. Is we'll be making real time adjustments. So you know what we thought this was gonna work. That's not work. Lurking how it, we thought it would. Let's get a, a forklift in here tonight. We're gonna slide that kiosk over a few feet, or we're gonna change this item, or we're gonna change that. And during the festival, we do a lot of continuous improvement. And just make the decision during it, and don't wait till the following year to kind of you know make those changes. That's great to hear. You talked about lining up winemakers. On a personal note, I live in upstate New York. I'm in Rochester, New York, and mm-hmm. about an hour away from the Finger Lakes regions. And I was really excited to see that you're going to have the New York State Wine Adventure this year in the Festival Guide. Yes. Could you talk a little bit about how that relationship came about? Sure. So the um, New York State uh, Wines first started festival in 2007 is part of the theme of the uh, American Wine Adventure. We really... Now, although there's, you know, there's great wines all over the world, we have some great wine, wines right here in the United States. So the, you know, the idea was to compare East Coast wines and West Coast wines. And uh, since that time, the New York State wines have been really popular with our guests. So we decided we invited them back in 2008 and then bring them back this year. And uh, we worked with the New York Wine and Grape Foundation. They've been instrumental in bringing these wines to the festival, and, and we've really had a great relationship with them. Well, that's great. And once again, if the guests like it, we will have it. And I've looked over the list of the, the New York State wineries, and you, and you have some good ones there. Hopefully I can get down and get a taste of it. I hope so, yeah. It seems like the festival is spreading out throughout Walt Disney World. It's no longer just solely contained in Epcot. There are events going on in different hotels, downtown Disney, the Magic Kingdom. How is the, the growth of the festival and how it's been spreading out? How's that changed the nature of it? Yeah, I think what we found is, you know, Epcot, we have about, we have about one third of all the table service dining chairs on property are here at Epcot. So we have a huge focus, obviously, on food and beverage, and we're known as the food and beverage park. But I think a lot of our guests do know that we just have, we have incredible offerings in our resorts and in the other parks. And so we want to make sure people are able to take advantage of that. So although this is sort of the uh, physical center of the, of the, the festival, we want to give people exposure to all the other food and beverage experiences we have across property. And we just decided that, you know, ge- geographic issue is not, is not enough of an issue, and we should really push people out so they can make sure they, have, you know, kind of explore the rest of Walt Disney World and all the great, great food and beverage we have available. Is there anything in particular that you're excited about for the festival this year? Well, the unique over-the-top experience, I think, is Party of the Senses. That's just, it's kind of like, for a lot of people, it's one, there's one-in-a-lifetime opportunities to go see something that's just unbelievable with the theming and the music and the food and just the way they, the way they do that. So that's, that's pretty cool. I think 
from my, my standpoint, you know, Epcot shines during the Food and Wine Festival. This, this is what we're about. It makes the whole park come alive. And, I mean, it's a great park year-round, but once you get that atmosphere out on the promenade and you have all just the, the smells wafting across the promenade and you have the cast members out there and you have the guests that are just in a great mood and talking and interacting, it's, it's just an incredible place. And that's, that's it's my favorite time of year here, and that's, that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just strolling around and just seeing everyone, all our cast, doing what they do and watching the guests enjoy it. It's a great time of year, too. The weather is nice. The heat of the summer has diminished a little bit. It's, it's a nice time to come down. Sure is. And hopefully we like it to get nice and cold up north sooner than later so people will really enjoy themselves. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to agree with you on that one. So. <laughs> yeah. So any chance, Dan, that you'll be uh, rolling up your sleeves and giving some cooking demonstrations while you're strolling the promenade? Everyone has a role, and cooking is not my role. Okay. Although I will jump in over at Germany every once in a while and help them pour beer. I'm pretty go. good at that, and without you know getting a whole bunch of foam on top. That's about as far as I go. I leave it to the experts. There you go. Well, Dan, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. Any final comments that you'd like to say about the festival? No, I would just say that it's it's just uh, I think it's unique in the fact that we can bring this many different kiosks from all over the world and food from all over the world and our cast members who are here working from all over the world uh, just makes it a real unique place and I would tell people if they have uh, a chance to spend a day or two here and uh, once again just be able to come along with family and it's a very relaxing time and there's something here for everyone and uh, we, uh, we invite you to come celebrate with us. Again, thank you very much for joining us Dan. This is David Parfit signing off for the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you very much for that, Dave, and thank you to Dan Cockrell for uh, taking time to talk to him. Um, I, I don't know that I agree with uh, everything Dan said. Did you guys see the New York Wine Walk? Yeah, it's not it's a, been there. It's not a walk, though. It's not a walk. You it's buy, a booth. Buy, you get mugged. Buy glass. You buy <laughs> it's not a walk. It's a run. <laughs> it's a run. <laughs> it's life. basically just a wine booth. You can just you can buy a glass of wine. You don't pay a set price and then try all these different wines you pick one (laughs) or a few yeah so it's you buy by the glass if you want to try all of them and he said i mean it's been there since 2007 it's yeah it has it's been there for a few years he made it sound like it was something cool and something it's not anything brand new now uh you know you guys according to julie you went and, and did it you heard what dan cockrell said um does everything match up for you well the um he talked about how they're going to make weekly changes. Maybe that's why they have a weekly, um, a weekly booklet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're going to that change would make something. Sense. So, I did see a lot of um, managers walking around. It was the first day, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see a forklift? <laughs> really? I don't think they always listen and, and do every like they pick and choose what things they they want to listen to, and it's the ones where they can make more money. And like those dinners, like with the Dean brothers, yeah. The price of that was like one hundred and fifty dollars for dinner with them, and I would love to hang out with the Dean brothers, but not for that. Okay, no. I'm sorry. Who are the Dean brothers? Paula Dean Paula sons. sons. The straight one and the other one. Yeah, they were. Wait, why? Would, why does anybody want to have? I'm, I'm sure they're very nice people, but because they're, they're kind they're of pseudo celebrities unto yeah. themselves because yeah. of her. They're on her show, and they have their own cookbook. They have their own cookbooks. I was there last year, and we got to meet the one brother. It was awesome, and trust me, there were many women in the line that were very. Oh, because they're to they're meet. super cute yeah. and nice, and very mannerly, outgoing, and th- they cook the type of food that I would like to sit down and have Comfort a meal. Food, lots yeah. of butter, yeah. but for like 150 dollars a person, I'm sorry. 
it's and you're not guaranteed to actually like have a one-on-one interaction with them right yeah and i guess then when he was talking about you know they listen to what guests guest feedback i doubt anyone said i really hate this new orleans exhibit can you please just sod this whole area right and (laughs) And just give us a place to lay down. I also want to talk to the guest who thought, you know what? I want to pay more for a seat at the party <laughs> for the census. I'm willing to pay an extra $75 to be able to sit down. I do like that they changed up a lot of the food items. It, it's good and bad. Yes. I was looking forward to some things that aren't offered anymore. But I do like that 60 to 70% new menu items. It's, it makes it, it makes it new for us. I think anybody coming to this for the first time will not notice any of these things I'm talking about. They're not going to know something is missing. Right. Even maybe if it's your second year, you might not notice that where's this big Australia thing? Where but if last this? year was your first year like Teresa and you did have all these elaborate exhibits, you're going to notice. Yeah. Well, Walter, you were there. What did you think? Well, when I got to Australia, I kept looking around. I'm like, where is it? Where's the wine walkabout? And I was surprised it was it was changed to this one little kiosk, and I kept mm-hmm. looking around. Because that's where we saw you. Yeah. And we were making fun of the payers. But as soon as I got to America, I ran, and I'm like, there's nothing there. I was really surprised because, like you said, you expect to see certain things because you've seen it every year. Well, Does anybody else hear Bob talking when they talk like this? <laughs> Bob talked about the factory. Remember when they did the Food and Wine, or not the Food and Wine Festival, the Flower and Garden Festival? And as he drove around, he said, he kept saying, in front of America, they've not put, done anything. Yeah. yeah. I keep hearing his voice in my head yeah. saying the same exact words about Flower and Garden Festival. Yeah. So They still had the beer school in America, but same, nothing, is it Sam Adams? nothing's around it. How was, how was the food? What I had was good. What I had was great. Do you, Walter? I only had one thing. It was the one of the new dishes, the tostada at Mexico, yeah. and it was it was delicious. Can I ask a question? The America, it's Louisiana, right? Is it? No. We're talking about the American Pavilion. Right, but is it there? I mean, every country is, repre- all the con- different countries are represented, right? Is Louisiana representing the United States? No. In the United but States, there's, a, like a, there's a kiosk that has a whole bunch of Sam Adams beers and a lobster roll and a crab cake. So it's more like New England. And then there are the special cities or countries that are represented by their own booths and their own food and culture. Okay, so people coming here from somewhere else would think that we're lobster and crab beer. Crab cakes and lobster crab rolls and Sam and Adams beer. beer. Uh, New Orleans <laughs> was featured last year because they were featuring cities at Right. And if they go into the restaurant, we're hot dogs and cheese. I was just going to say, too. take that a step back. And what's the, the only restaurant yeah. for America is the fast food joint. So. But last year they did have the San Francisco um, kiosk, which was which was good. Yeah, I like that. I remember that. Yeah, it's not there. Julia, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give this year's festival? I would say it's only average. I would say 5. Corey? I'm going to do a 6. Walter? I was thinking 6 or 7. Kathy? I'd give it about a 6. Let her have a... Mike. Give it about a six. Wow. Well, this is um, uh, for at least all the years that I've been paying attention, and certainly for the last three years that we've been doing this show, uh, this is the first time uh, there's been round, uh, a round of disappointment. I can't wait till the rest of you go to see if you feel the same surrounding way. Surrounding the festival. Well, I'm going really? to try and keep, you know, right. keep an open mind open and not mind, go in yeah. half cocked, but... Um, just the fact that Australia is so much less. I was looking forward to you going and you know yeah. checking out a lot of the stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, I had the lamb, um, the lamb chop there. Awesome. Was it? I had it last year too. It's, it's excellent. The food I had was great. Me too. It's just it, it was the extras that well, I was the important about the atmosphere. You know, yeah. obviously, a very important part of food and wine is the food. Right. And uh, do you think it's worth what they're charging for that piece of lamb you ate? 
Ooh, that was an expensive one, but lamb is expensive. I'd pay it. <laughs> was, but was it worth it? Yes, it was good. What's the lobster roll cost this year? <laughs> Let me, I'll tell you. Yeah, it was like seven something. Are you kidding? Really? And how, it's not as big as your finger, is it? No, no. it's a little tiny thing. And it's seven dollars. The lamb I had was five fifty. Seven twenty five. Wow. Seven twenty five. This this has changed also. Yeah. Everything used to be a dollar or two dollars. If you're paying seven twenty five for a finger sized lobster roll and five dollars for, and how big a lamb chop are we talking? We're talking oh. one of those really. It's you a know. bite or two, yeah, right? Yeah, medallion. It's one bite There's for a photo. And now you know the plate is tiny. Right. So uh, again. The food, it, for that price, it really ought to be good. It ought to be spectacular. Yeah. I had braised pork and cabbage in Ireland, and it was really good. good. Mm-hmm. All right. As long as the food is good, then, you know, the prices, you know, are a little bit more palatable. I but expect the, the, the higher prices. I, I, I expect that next year, the, yeah. this um, lamb chop is going to be five seventy five. I expect it. And yeah. then what point is it too much? Right. Yeah. yeah. What point yeah. is it? Then that's a question we all well, have to Disney ask ourselves. Well, Disney will absolutely keep pushing until they find it. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So. There are some things that stayed the same, but I, I have photos up on the website of all the menus. We have the prices of the menus. I have the map scan, so you can check out the whole map, find out all the, loca- all the locations that sell the little gift card thing. So all the information is on the website. And we'll have links to all that in our show notes page, podcast www.info.com and that is going to do it for our show this week we hope you enjoyed it and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable thanks for listening everybody and remember stay out of the damn lakes 